Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Expressions the Podcast, episode 29. Tonight, we have an amazing guest. We have Rodriguez with us. He is an artist, he's a photographer, he's a creator, and an all-around great guy. Hello. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, welcome, everyone. Episode 29, we have Rodriguez on the show this evening. Um, before we get talking to Rodriguez, uh, I'll just say hello to my co-host this evening. Uh, Brian, how are you tonight? I'm, I'm, I'm teetering. I'm teetering. I'm super excited because I've wanted to talk to uh, Mark Rodriguez uh, for a really long time. I've followed since Google Plus some of the work oh, you've done cool. and uh, absolutely love the where you come from with your imagery, which I think is awesome. Um, if I could, I would come from exactly the same place because it's awesome. <laughs> um, but as far as my computer and everything goes, I've been having crashes. I've just had to go to the Mac store today and buy a whole new thing, which isn't fun because Macs are freaking expensive and I don't like it. Uh, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do to, to stay afloat. So anyway, if I cut out tonight and if I disappear, I will be back, whether it's with my phone or my wife's 2007 macbook that i have behind me that i can get going if i had to uh but i'll do what i have to do to to stay on the show i'm super stoked to talk today this is gonna be a great conversation all right excellent and uh mark how are you tonight i am doing well very well doing well and uh now i know you're um you're in florida if i'm not mistaken somewhere That's close correct. to close yeah. to, are you close to tampa i'm just outside of tampa um okay. little suburb called brandon i was Born and raised in Tampa, so I'm a Florida boy through and through. Not a Florida man. <laughs> Don't see me on the news and, and all that like that. Yeah. But, uh, I'm a Florida boy. <laughs> okay, so in Florida, Perfect. is that a thing? A Florida man is somebody who would be like more like an anti-masker kind of thing, like a Trump. Oh, no, no, no. Florida man is like a, just an ongoing meme of just ridiculous arrest stories of just people, usually a man. And is maybe, uh, you know, does any age range of man in Florida and um, just doing most ridiculous things from, you know, having sex with an alligator to oh you know, walking naked yeah. through a Walmart. I mean, and it's deemed Florida man because that's usually what they don't have their, their name. It's just that's the lead into most <laughs> okay. stories is Florida man. So yeah. Got it. Florida man <laughs> seen, you know, dry yeah. humping an alligator, you know, something like that. Yeah. So, I did do a, a sort of tongue-in-cheek Florida man um, picture for one of the scavenger hunts and I'm, I'm full-on camo with a shotgun and I've got like a, a stuffed animal teddy bear like I had just gone out and like killed it or something so <laughs> it was a little tongue-in-cheek of Florida man yeah a little, <laughs> Flo it. little Florida man yeah that's always uh, a lot of fun when you when you start to get into that but uh, so how, how are things in Florida how's uh I know you're coming into your fall as well, obviously, and uh, things cool off for you. I don't know how much cooler they get. I mean, we we now, go there to for the winter, but yeah, you, we have you know. summer and then we have less summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't really have a fall. Um, in fact, if leaves even do fall, they won't even start falling until into next year. I mean, we don't uh, we don't have a we don't really have seasons here in Florida. It's just yeah, it's kind of less. It's hot or it's less hot yeah. usually. Um, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we have a few cooler days in, in wintertime, but generally it's, you know, it's Florida. So it's yeah. subtropic temperatures most of the year. And that's why I don't live there. <laughs> my, my mother lives there. Actually, she's coming up on the 18th to visit, October 18th, which is uh, 
pretty weird for me. Somebody from Florida coming up here right now just to visit, but I'll get used to it. It's my mom. I haven't seen her in forever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's such a different environment down there to up here for sure. For sure. And I, I couldn't handle the heat. No, thanks. <laughs> this is my favorite yeah. time of year. It's gotta be cool. You know, there's gotta be yeah. colored leaves and yeah. I don't each know. to their own. You're, you're a Florida man, a Florida boy. You're a Florida Florida boy. Florida, boy. Florida, yeah. Florida man. Yeah. So, you're used right. to it. That's awesome. All right. Excellent. Mark, could you um, just tell us a little bit about uh, sort of your background? Like, how did you get into art and then bridge into like, was it, were you an artist first or a photographer or, um, and and how did you sort of marry everything together? Uh, well, I mean, I've kind of always, always done art, you know, always drawing and stuff, even when I was a kid. And um, that led eventually to becoming an artist of another genre a musician bass player um and was in bands for most of my youth and into my early to mid 20s um but i always still was doing art like i did all the bands t-shirts and flyers and any of that kind of stuff so i was always the one taxed with okay what do you know let's make us look cool <laughs> make a cool shirt or make a flyer or whatever so i was always still doing art um people would come to me to do um tattoo designs, things like that, or, you know, another band would hire me to do a logo whatever. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And I always kind of said, you know, I'm going to do this as long as I can, but if I don't become an actual rock star, then I'm going to fall back on my art. And that's kind of what I did. So I, um, I finally decided my wife and I, um, that I was going to, you know, go ahead and, and do it professionally. So, Moved up to Atlanta for a couple of years, went to uh, art school up there at the Art Institute um, and graduated from there uh, with my um, BFA in graphic design, then moved back to Florida um, and moved to Orlando for a couple of years and uh, was working for a science center there doing um, doing exhibit designs and things like that. So I was designing exhibits and doing signage and kind of that kind of route. and. Um, it was at that time that we uh, adopted our daughters, um, we had twins, and we adopted them around that time as well. And uh, that was the first time I actually bought a camera. So um, I never actually owned a camera before that, and I bought a camera. I always jokingly say I, I you know, I bought a camera for the ladies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the ladies being my daughters. So, um, so I bought the camera specifically so I could, you know, start taking pictures of them. And, uh, you know, then started, you know, slowly starting to kind of meld that with, I had already known how to use Photoshop because I, back in 96, I bought a computer specifically to learn Photoshop and Illustrator. So my first computer I bought with the intention to learn Photoshop and Illustrator. So that was my, my goal, um, back, back, in, back then. So. I'd already knew how to do Photoshop, but I was only ever relying on other people's images and stock photography and stuff like that. So once I started taking photos and like, well, now I can start, you know, taking my own stuff and doing things with it. And um, that's a little bit fast forward a little bit um, from that. I left the Science Center and created my own company, um, design company and was doing freelance. Still I am to this day. Same same thing. It's been over probably been about 15 years now. Um, no, actually it's probably 16 or 17 because my daughters are 17. So it's about 16, 17 years now. Um, 
everybody's lost two years of their lives yes it it doesn't count (laughs) so created my own freelance company and um then uh you know started doing that and still doing it um i do actually primarily my my nine to five really is uh out of an animator actually um when i was in college uh, as a uh as an elective i took um an animation class doing learning back then it was flash and i really enjoyed it so and actually i based my um my senior project around an animation that i created created this care i created this character i had a whole um like ad campaign for this character I even built interactive games that went along with it and um so i learned how to do flash and how to do cool. interactive design and so uh, when I came out of school, I, I part of my, um, you know, my portfolio was animation, and I actually got hired as a animator for um, working along with a, a philanthropist in, El- in Orlando named Steve Goldman, and he and I have been working together in some capacity, probably close to 20 years now, because it was the, it was my first job out of school. And I've worked with him, like I say, in some capacity since then. So um, the the project is called YU, and it's it's actually math animation. Um, we finished while along quite a while back um, pre-algebra. We're making our way through the end of algebra now, so we're getting up into higher end math and stuff like that. And we're going to eventually start going into physics and stuff like that. And it's um, animation that is freely distributed um for anybody we have a youtube channel we also have our own um you know own website and so it's that's kind of what my sort of nine to five is and then photography slowly was kind of working its way behind there and then i finally got a a real camera dslr and then started doing more even more with my photography and then that's when g plus came along and then i started doing things like the photography scavenger hunt and selfie sundays and stuff like that and that's when kind of i really started to realize you know what i could really be doing with what i was shooting and stuff like that so that's when it really kind of came to be it's amazing when you get to that point and you see what you can do with a camera and then you realize what your imagination can do and you put them together and it's like, yes. yeah, there, there's no limits other than your imagination. That's where I always have a hard time. I remember when I was going through high school, there was always one or two artists that you know that they're going to be artists for the rest of their lives. You get it from birth. I wasn't that person. Uh, so I always envied that, you know, so f- to hear that you had that talent from day one and it was the talent first and then that molded into the photography I totally understand why Mark would say it's not that you're a photographer. There's a lot more to it than that, right? Uh, yeah, but I have to excuse myself one second because this cat will break this thing if I don't <laughs> fix this. So excuse me for a second. She's going to wreck it. Uh, She's yeah. going to wreck it. Absolutely. So, uh, so Mark, with, with the photography, um, at what point did you sort of realize that um, obviously you've got a, an extremely creative uh, imagination um, and you, you come up with all these ideas. I, I've got a screen share ready to go here of one of your images here. So this is a, an image. It's on, it's on your Instagram, uh, and it's it's one of the ones that I mean, 
when I see it, and, and I, I know you've got a style. You've definitely got a style. Like I can pick an, Im an image at random, put it on my iPad, show it to my wife, like on, on your Instagram, and my wife will just look at it and go, oh, that's Mark, isn't it? And, and she just knows, like you've got that recognizable style. But at what point did you go from being a, a photographer to taking it into Photoshop to be able to create an image like this one? It, and, I mean, by the way, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. At the same time, can you please explain the image? Because if people are watching this or listening to this on the audio podcast and not watching on YouTube, uh, your explanation will help that a lot. Sure. Um, well, the image itself, uh, this one's actually called The Conjuring. And, you know, basically, I, I, I like to read a lot of <clears throat> Lovecraft and stuff like that. So what I was envisioning with this was some, this, this man, like, had discovered some box that contained some kind of ancient relic maybe in it and he was he he brought it forth and he you know spoke some incantation that he you know learned for it and when it did it started to just release these demons out so there's these skull demons flying all around him um kind of like almost like at the end of uh, raiders of the lost ark the first one where they're so these thinking things are coming around and they're you know whirling all around them so they're emitting from this box and so those are the the souls or the demons or whatever he is he's called forth and uh you know maybe he's he right now he looks or thinks that you know he has control of them but you know you never really can control a demon so there's probably going to end badly for him so um <laughs> but yeah in something like this sometimes all it takes is just an item you know just seeing something and that's what will bring about an image like this for me um i found the box at um i think it was goodwill or one of the thrift stores and i just saw it and it's a really nice kind of incredible kind of has a lot of uh like textural um design like uh patterns and stuff all over it. I mean, it looks like something that's an, a, an old relic. Um, and it just, when I picked it up, it just had that feeling to it of something that you would almost be scared to open it because you wouldn't know what would come out of it. And um, so it just, it kind of slowly, you know, evolved into, okay, how am I going to shoot it? What, what, what would be the, the process of it? You know, I don't want to necessarily show what is in it because then you know it didn't doesn't have to be revealed just know that whatever is in it is where everything is coming from so sometimes it's it's best not to show everything or leave some bit to the imagination of the viewer and let them kind of decide what it's kind of like um the suitcase in um or the briefcase in Pulp fiction. fiction like you yeah. never actually get yeah. to see what's in it you can only speculate, but everyone that opens it is like, holy shit, what, what is, you know, oh my it. God, is that what yeah. I think it is? You know, you don't know. So you don't actually know what is in this box, but you know that it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And it's uh, like, for me, I, I know um, like your Photoshop work is, is obviously uh, amazing. I know you, you won the, uh, was it the Kelby Photoshop guru award? Yeah. Won yeah. the, um, Best in Show Guru Award, and then um, one of the years for illustrative um, design as well. So, yeah, to to be able to know Photoshop well enough to be able to think it, and then just do it, that's that's the dream I think for all 
uh, editors or, in general? Because, I mean, I, there's so many times that I, I shoot wrestling and I, I see an image and I know what I want the edit to look like, but I can never get it to do that. It, I mean, I, you know, I always just tell people you with Photoshop, you, you got to put the time in, there is no shortcuts. Absolutely. Yeah. And even, even still like they've come out with, you know, all these new features, you know, all these content aware and stuff like that. And 90% of the time I'm still doing things that I did back in 96 with Photoshop, even, you know, that ways that I do things, I still mask by hand. I just, I enjoy doing it. So, um, if I've got a subject, I, I get in there and I mask by hand because I actually enjoy that's that's part of the creation is that is just that is the creative process. So um, I'm not always just looking for a shortcut. I mean, there are times when, you know, if it's something that's really intense or really intricate or, uh, you know, feathers and things like that, that can get really tedious. You know, there are times where I'm like, eh, you know, maybe I'll try and use some of that stuff, but generally, I'll use those, some of those masking filters and I end up going back and doing it by hand anyway, cause it, it will cut something out that I didn't realize. And I get halfway into it and realize there's a finger missing or something else. And I got to go back anyway and bring it back. So I generally, um, you know, do most of the stuff by hand. The, really the only plugin that I use is, um, Topaz clarity. So just to get that little bit of grit that I get in a lot of my images that people say that's kind of a, sort of the look of my kind of um, final images just to get a little bit of grit in there, but I don't really use any, I don't even use camera raw. Like a lot of people come through camera raw first. I like it just how I shot it out of camera, literally raw. And then I'll do all that color correction and stuff in the image as I'm editing, because I do so much kind of from, you know, adding things here and there that I don't want to, to not be able to go back and pull things out if I don't like where it's going. So the fact that I don't go through camera raw first um, or even do any editing in Lightroom because my process is I, I bring everything into to Lightroom from my card, from my camera, and then go straight into to, um, Photoshop. I don't do any pre-editing. Even if something's too dark or whatnot, I would rather, to me, pull it out in Photoshop because I want all as much information as possible in that in that image to be there not that it you know degrades it or anything going through camera raw or anything but i want to have it really just a blank slate when i get in there and and just do what i need to do as i go because i'm i i do my own version of um color toning or whatever they call it these days or color grading or whatever it is i do all that you know in photoshop as well and then I do a final pass with things in Lightroom once I'm done. So I, I know I'm going to do all that anyways. So I don't want it to muddy up what I'm about to do and mess up anything before I'm done. So that way I know what I can get it to in Photoshop. And then I know what I, the last things I'm going to do in, um, mm -hmm. in Lightroom when I finish it. So okay. do I get this right? You, you basically open everything in Lightroom. You call your photos. You find the ones that you want to work on. Those ones you open in Photoshop, do what you have to, and then finish up in Lightroom and export. Correct. Um, cool. Usually usually I'll, you know, I'll scan through. There'll be one that'll be the main image. So because I, for some of my, you know, self, most of my self-portraits, you know, I'll take four or 500 shots to, until I get what I want of hmm. a look. Um, so... 
I, I usually go in bursts of like 20 shots. So I'll, I'll shoot like 20 on my, you know, set my intervalometer for 20 shots. It'll shake about 20 shots. I'll kind of scan through real quick, filter, you know, flip through them because I, I shoot tethered. So I'm always got my laptop. I mean, you can see my stand right there. So I've got my laptop stand uh, or my stand right there. And so I've always got my monitor in front of me. So I can kind of, you know, while I'm shooting, even if I'm looking away, can kind of kind of side eye it, you know, in between shots or try and move it if I can in front of me. Um, so I'm I'm constantly shooting, but I, I'll shoot, you know, hundreds of pictures because sometimes I might need, you know, maybe my hand looked a little better in this one or it's in the position that I wanted it or maybe, you know, my head's a little better in this one than that one. So a lot of times it's a, a final image is a complete Frankenstein. I mean, I've used pieces of 10 different images just to get the one body the way I want it to be. So um, in fact, the piece I'm working on right now, it wasn't as complicated as that, but it's a um, it's a multiplicity shot. It's three of me. And um, it's a one of my, I haven't actually, I haven't quite made it public yet. Um, I'm actually dropping it on Friday. Um, but that, that one is even more so involved because there's, there's shot glasses and I only had a certain amount of shot glasses, but I needed a crap ton of shot glasses on this table. So there was multiple shoots of the shot glasses in different positions. There was multiple shots of myself three times in different positions, doing different things, making sure that I'm looking where I would be. Cause that's, that's the one thing that always, um, you know, when you're doing multiplicities, especially if you know, you're trying to interact with yourself in an image is if the, the line of sight is not right with your eyes, where that other person is supposed to be, it throws the whole thing off. Cause it just, it's obvious you're not looking. And the other thing is there's a, there even though it's subtle there's a different look to your eyes when you stop them at something that's close or even if i look past it and, and i'm looking at a distance it's subtle but it's extremely recognizable when you're doing something that's why a lot of times in um especially in movies where something cgi'd put in front of the person but it looks like they're just looking about a mile past them so there's it, just things like that, subtle things like that, again, with why I take so many pictures, just to make sure that even I'm training my eyes to the right spot to stop to, that I would be at. So things like that just um, is what I love to do, though. It's it's that kind of meticulousness that I'm like, I, I, wanna, I want this to be right. So, um, love that. so no matter you know what it takes, I'll do it. Yeah, ab absolutely, and and I've I've done that as well. Um, I've I've done the multiple city shots myself, and probably inspired by some, one of yours that I saw on Google Plus. Um, and and it is tough because you get the final shot, and I'm like, that's just not right. And that's maybe because I shoot thirty or forty shots, not three or four hundred shots, um, and I'm not getting it quite right. But uh, also, uh, I, I'm on I'm a little bit on the dark side. I shoot Nikon, and and I know. I don't know, Brian. Maybe you can coach me through this. But does Nikon tether well to anything? Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah, they do now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know some of my older ones didn't, but uh, no, they should tether well uh, to Lightroom. Do they tether? So yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to play with it a little more, but uh, also uh, also making sure that I've got uh, got the shots. And um, I, I 
I also I'm guilty of not planning things out quite right. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't have I don't go into it with a clear plan, and I think that's part of my problem. And I I think when you're doing that, I was I almost shared one of your shots here, but it, it's too close to what you were describing. So, uh, uh, well, it's cool that we talk, we're talking about this though, because I always joke that I'm the, the lazy photographer. You know, like I like to make photos and I understand the concepts and I get how to do everything. I just don't take the time to think about the things and think about the distance. So my question would be, how long did it take you to figure out that that is your passion to take your time and look at the details and then to take the, th the hundreds of pictures instead of just taking three or four, like maybe I would. Uh, my light, my multiplicity photo is literally light painting. I take a picture, flash, take a picture, flash, take a picture, flash. I've got three of me in one shot. That's about the extent I've done. So <laughs> like, when did you figure that this is what you have to do and you have to do the excess photos? How many years in, how many tests in? Uh, I mean, I'm probably with that kind of process. Um, I'm probably about 10, about at least 10, 12 years in, I would say, if not a little bit more. Um, that, that kind of evolution came about when I started doing um, self-portraiture uh, in general. And I was, before that, I was shooting, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, just everything. I was still kind of new to photography. So I want to shoot everything. So I shot everything. I did landscape. I did macro. I did, you know, this, I did night photography. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it all. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do it all. <laughs> I like doing it all, but I, I, I wanted to, you know, find my, my niche and just, I wanted something that I could kind of, you know, take in. And right about that time, um, there was, uh, I was starting to become friends with people on, on Google plus at that time. And there were, there was a thing, uh, a weekly sort of, um, theme called selfie Sunday. And up to that point, you know, I kind of had that mindset that I think a lot of people do with self portraiture that it could be, it's narcissistic by taking pictures of yourself. And it's like, but you know, when you go back, even back to the, some of the, the great, you know, the classic painters, they all did self portraitures too. So it's not a new concept. And if anything, it, it is a great way if you're just starting photography to be able to practice your craft and not have to worry about, Oh, am I taking up this model's time or, you know, this and that. So it's a, to me, it was a great way to start, experimenting and because you know and i could do it at any time of day so and i'm up usually every night till about two or three in the morning and so I, I could just go out in my garage i had a model and i could play around with lights i could play around with costumes i could do whatever i wanted to so um that's where it all evolved because i had time to just sit there and play around with it and and get it where i wanted to so with the self-portraiture thing um it was it was on one re regard um you know liberating because like i said i was i was by myself i could do whatever i wanted to at the same time it pushed me as a photographer because being a model and the the photographer you're you do gotta kind of you know keep jumping back and forth and the logistics can get kind of complicated when you when your shots get more complicated and harder mm -hmm. to produce because you have to then think of, okay, how am I going to shoot it? Where am I going to put the camera? You know, things like that. And how am I going to trigger it? So that's when I started learning about remotes and things like that. So it, it took on a whole new 
technical level as well, trying to figure out just how to shoot it. I like that when we asked you, you know, what is your creative specialty? It was story driven self portraiture. No, I mean, yeah. I love yeah. that. It's yeah. so specific, but it explains it perfectly. I mean, story driven, there has to be a meaning. I always have a weird time with, um, like the, the 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 dresses in the river when people wedding dress. Why why do you have wear a wedding dress in the river? What is the point of that kind of photo? It doesn't make any sense to me. So when you have a story driven thing and there's always a story that all my wrestling photos have to have some kind of story. There has to be a reason for it. So for you to I mean even the reference back to um, uh, the Indiana Jones. I, I love that kind of thing. And when I saw that photo, that's the first thing I thought was the the souls coming up out of the. You know, like in the wax head out of, thing. Out of the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I love that when you can see an image and it takes you to someplace and it takes your mind to someplace. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm huge. You know, I, I love pop culture and stuff like that. So there's always a lot of little little references here and there in my stuff. And even some of them are, are even Easter eggs that some people might never, you know, get um, ever. And But I know they're there and that that's what I like about it. Like even love it. Um, so there's one I did where I'm literally drinking with myself and I've got, you know, the bottle of bourbon and I'm, you know, drinking it, trying to, and myself is trying to get the bottle away from myself and I'm holding one finger up as I'm drinking. And that's actually a reference to the animated show Archer because anytime he's drink, he'll just start drinking a bottle of something and someone starts there. You go. Someone starts trying to talk to him while he's drinking. He just puts his finger up while and just keep, continues to drink. So that's <laughs> you know, a little subtle, yeah. you know, nod to, to Archer because it's just this, you know, it's an just a hilarious show. Oh, that's a great yeah. shot. Yeah, great it is shot. a great shot. It's, it's actually one of my favorites <laughs> for sure. But I, I, I love what you said about uh, when people say, you know, self-portraits is narcissistic. Um, a lot of times when I'm explaining to somebody that I've done a self-portrait, I say, I say I do self-portraiture not because I'm particularly vain, but because when I have time to shoot, I'm available. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why I do it. Like, I mean, uh, my wife and I, we move 16 hours from all of our friends to, to Thunder Bay. And a lot of my pictures have been self-portraits because I've lost all of the people that I, no, I didn't lose them. They're still there, but uh, right. I just, it's 16 hours to go get a model. It's like, well, that's a, a bit of a hike and, you know, people are busy. Yeah. So it's just easier to do it myself and, uh, and whatnot. But I think, uh, I think I'm going to have to try, uh, take a page out of your book. And the next time I do a self-portrait, I'll, I'm going to overshoot. I'm going to keep oh, yeah. shooting more and more and more and, and see free. where that lands me. <laughs> that's right. It doesn't cost me anything. It's pixels, right? Time. That's it. I mean, they're yeah. free, so use yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, it's true, though. I mean, I've, I've had to take portraits of myself and take 30 or 40 of them, never like anything. And that's why I don't think I would do it that much because when I see myself on a camera, I don't necessarily think well, that's something I want to look at. You know, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't appeal to me. Um, yeah. I, I just, this, I'm not talking about stupid stuff. I'm just, you know, but just, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think that yeah. I have the, the, I don't know, the, the face for it, the presence for it. Yeah. And my problem is I have a face for radio. So it's, you know, it's all, all bets are off, but no, I, I think, uh, like, even if you look at the, uh, the art at the beginning of, of our podcast, um, the, the portraits of the four hosts that come up at the beginning, um, Aurora shot Brian's and hers and Ryan's 
but I'm in Thunder Bay. So I shot my own and then sent them to Aurora. Um, and she fixed them up a little bit. Like she did, uh, did the editing to the background and stuff. Like it was yellow, but she made it nicer, way nicer than, than I did. Her processing was just amazing. Um, but I, but that we was should probably, have shot more because we that, were running out yeah, of photos. <laughs> that was, that was the most fun I'd had doing photos in so long. Cause I was just being a ham for the camera. It was me. The dogs thought it was nuts. I'm like, taking pictures i'm like i got like a a broken airsoft gun as a prop and you know i got uh all this and i of course i got i got some heat for trigger control because my figure was my finger was uh, on the trigger of the airsoft yeah. and uh so apparently I, i'm not a gun guy i don't know it's a broken airsoft gun it's like it's you know it's it's i bought it for another picture which i haven't created yet but uh you know we haven't been arrested yet so we're okay no, no. <laughs> not, not for that anyway um. um one of the things uh one of the things i think is really cool is we all kind of i don't see we all didn't meet I, mark and i didn't meet from google plus but i found out about you through google plus and i've seen a lot of marks work on google plus and trey ratcliffe is another person that i followed on google plus right. and one of the things that he says he quotes is uh when the when you love the edit as much as you love the shooting, then something magical can happen. And I right. think you're a really great example of that. You enjoy the edit. You enjoy taking the time, uh, being meticulous and finding all the little bits that you need. Uh, another person that I can think of is Don Komarechka, who, you know, edits snowflakes and does all these amazing 100 plus uh, focus stacks of a snowflake. Uh, you have to have a certain level of... Um, I don't even know what it would be called. Uh, attention. I think. I think it's a. I don't think it's attention. I think it's a passion for for the Level art for the for the for the creativity. There's a passion there for it. I mean that for me that's that is the big part of it. Um, is just I, I love the process of creating, no matter what it is, and even even at its hardest, I you know even if something is just driving me insane and it's not working right it's still working through that and finding a solution that is to me, one of the best parts of it. Like just finding some kind of creative solution to whatever's not working. Like there's times where I had the shot in my head and I go to shoot it and it's just complete garbage and it's not working. So I will keep working it until it's where it needs to be. So not you know even best laid plans when you go to shoot it it does not always transpire in camera so um it i'll tear and i'll strike an entire set that i've set up and reset it up completely different because it's just not working and that again it comes back to you know wanting just the absolute best you can do in in the shot and just doing whatever it takes to to make it happen um, and that's, that's kind of always been my philosophy with, um, with my art is just whatever it takes. I mean, I've thrown myself off of my roof from a ladder to get a shot before I've covered myself, you know, with Cairo syrup and put feathers all over myself. I mean, there's whatever it takes to get the shot that wow. is in my head and get it to where it is, uh, you know, a, a finished piece, then that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I like to do. Love it. I, I remember the feather shot. That was a good one. Um, so now for for your shots, I mean, obviously some of them like the the image that we showed, the 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 ornate box, um, those are found items as props, and and obviously uh, you've got some really cool looking tables and things like that in the the shot where you're drinking with yourself. Um, now I know you also create a lot of large scale props as well uh, mm -hmm. at times. Um, can, can you maybe tell tell the listeners a little bit about a couple of those? Yeah, sure. 
Actually, I made that table. It's in the shot. Oh, <laughs> in well, shot. There you go. <laughs> of, of course, you did. <laughs> I made that table. Um, uh, yeah, I made um, one of my kind of biggest props to date. Um, it, I made a full size electric chair. Um, not working, but it's a full size oh. full size <laughs> electric chair. I've made uh, some of the pieces uh, from. Uh, from the fifth element for a shot um I love that movie. like i said I, I i mean i just what again it kind of goes back to whatever it takes some are bigger some are smaller um but I, I have done some other set design for um some other you know people locally for shows and things like that um trying to think of some of my other i i trying to think of uh, other bigger ones that I've made that the, the electric chair was definitely the biggest one um, that I, I made created for any for a shot. But then I, I've actually ended up using that same chair in about four or five different shots, completely different shots. Um, so it definitely has gotten some usage. Um, okay. I've just shared shared the screen there, Brian. Um, is this, this, this is this is the chair. That's the chair at yeah. um, Photoshop World because I, I yeah. brought it to uh, Photoshop World and ha had people that were there for the for Photoshop World actually were able to get in it and <laughs> for the for the show I had a smoke machine and then there was a, a LED uh, strip light that or a, like a wire light that would go to it and it would every once in a while fire off so it looked like it would illuminate the smoke all around so it made made for some pretty good you know, photography and stuff. And we had a model there that was manning the chair all day long. Um, there, that's, that was my, my model for the oh, day. Yeah. Um, so, but when he was, you know, took a break or whatever, I didn't invite people to come sit in the chair. So I had just, uh, people that were there throughout the day come and, and sit in the chair if they dared that is a cool prop <laughs> that is i was looking uh, I, i'm not sure if it's on your instagram or not i was looking for the actual photo that you created with the it, chair it, the original. Probably, it might be kind of far down uh, but i believe it is in there somewhere so is yeah, every just, photo you almost almost there, there yeah. are, i do i do shoot other people <laughs> from time to time um maybe not yeah, yeah maybe not um, yeah, I think this is this is one. I think this is your wife, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it? No, that's not nope. my wife, but that's oh. that's the one that I won uh, illustrative design for in okay. uh, the world. Yeah, yeah, just uh, some some very very creative work uh, that comes uh, out of out of your mind, which is just awesome. Um, so now with with that, you also um, um, you also now have. Uh, it's is it an X carve that you have? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. And, and you're and you're making pieces uh, with that. I see a lot of uh, their planchettes that you're doing right for the the Ouija board, different styles. Correct. Um, what was this yeah. a, a 3D printer you're talking about or something? Uh, no, it's a um, it's a they call it a two and a half D cutting. Um, it's a it's a computer controlled router. So. Um, I design pieces either in Illustrator or in uh, Fusion 360, sends it out, creates G-code, creates toolpaths and G-code for it, and then sends it to it. So then it tells it how fast, how deep, how the pattern, what it's cutting. Hmm. Um, I got one of them right here. Uh, oh, Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, so th this is the mirrors that I make. Um, oh, wow. 
So, and then it's got um, like a fisheye mirror in it. Yeah. And uh, so that's awesome. And then uh, um, that's cool. I don't think I have any in here. But I do use it for. Um, I've used it for some of my props. Like I said, the um, the one of the pieces of fifth element. Um, I cut on that, and then I do have a three D printer. Um, and recently, but I think I don't have any out here because actually they're all at the the store where they're being sold right now. Um, some really large. Uh, they look like spines, but they're candle holders. Um, so. Yeah, I just, I just, I love to create. I mean, I, I don't, there's no other word for it. Um, I, I just, I, I want, and I want to create everything I possibly could ever try and create. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I, my, my, my fear in life is that I'll, I won't get, won't be able to, to create everything that I want to before I die. Cause I just, I, I'm constantly thinking of things, new things that I want to create and it's just limited by time and then of course learning how to do some things because i'm i'm teaching myself how to weld and do uh um, plasma cutting right now because i want to work in metal um i want a bit i want more um, bigger structured things so i want to have some outdoor installation pieces and stuff so i want to i'm trying to teach myself metal work right now um i my one of my so i'm right now plasma cutting by hand, but I, I'd like to get a CNC laser, uh, plasma table so I could do sort of the same mindset, but that with the CNC cutter. Metal, bigger scale, my, that kind of thing. With my plasma cutter and then uh, a laser cutter too, because I've got all kinds of really um, intricate things that I want to create that the X-Carve is just a little too clumsy with and can't get that kind of precision with. So um, I want a lot of toys. They cost wow. a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to, yeah, they do. Need they do want to... NFTs because I need to make some more money. <laughs> on that point, though, like obviously the reason we invite folks on our show is people who are creative people who can make a living through their creativity. Uh, make that your day-to-day lifestyle. Um, you're, you need all these toys. I'm having trouble picking up a computer. I mean, <laughs> like it, it's obviously doing well for you. It's uh, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, my, my, my main nine to five is um, the animation work. So everything else you see is just sort of for fun or, I mean, but obviously I sell it and stuff. Um, so I think some of the things that I do that I, you know, I do make you know, money from one is the, um, you know, the woodworking and stuff. So I've got those in several stores in the area, as well as I sell them online. Um, also the 3d printer, I've been producing things with that for sale. I also do, um, t-shirt designs and shoes, design shoes. Um, so those are all available online as well. So it's kind of just a, a lot of sort of mod podge of, um, of different, creative outlets that I've found a way to, you know, facilitate my, my you know, my income with, Monetize, along with yeah. my animation. So, um, and I just, like I said, I, I want to just, I want to create everything. <laughs> yeah. 
want to create it all. Yeah, just want to. Every, everything's going to be a, a, a Rodriguez creation, and it's just awesome. Like every time I see something new out of your camp, I think, I think, of course, that's just you know something out of the mind of, of Rodriguez, and uh, and I've just I've been a fan for for a long time. Maybe maybe one day if I'm in Florida, I'll pick up a bunch of pieces and save on shipping. Come on <laughs> Love to have you. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I think is cool and I kind of want to talk about was when we first started a conversation, my wife was here. Uh, Shelly is a Christmas elf. Anybody who knows her knows that she does the countdown to Christmas the day after Christmas is done. So um, she's a personal friend of Santa. I mean, all these things. <laughs> the first thing we were talking about was some of the things that you put up for the holidays. So yeah. let's get into that because when this airs, it'll be a day after Halloween. And, you know, I love Halloween. I love creepy. I'm usually a zombie. I like, I absolutely adore um, the whole ability to just be something different and anything you want to do for at least one day a year. But when you are doing things that you're doing with that creativity and from the, from the place that you're bringing it, uh, there's always a bit of creepiness to it anyway. Uh, Mm -hmm. Halloween must take on a special time for you. Funny enough. I don't have a lot of Halloween decorations because my house is kind of like Halloween all year long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do, uh, I mean, we do pull, actually, I just pulled it all down from that attic uh, just yesterday. Actually, my wife was like, when are you going to pull Halloween down? So um, I brought all that down. And I do have a, a little bit of, of Halloween art, um, yard art. Actually, I have a about an eight foot tall Jack Skellington that I, I created um, for years back but i actually there's a lot that i want to do and actually my my plan over time is to actually do almost most of disney's haunted mansion as my front yard so i've been been working the past year or actually it's probably been almost two and a half three years because i'm just i get working on it and then i don't work on it um i want to do the hitchhiking ghost but i want them animated so that they're they are actually doing the lean over with the thumbs and and moving back and forth so um i've got them all designed up but i haven't actually um made them fleshed them out yet and actually created them but um but i want to do the whole my whole front yard as the haunted mansion and even having the stretching room with the, the pictures and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um the tombstones the singing tombstones I, eventually that's what i want my whole front yard to be for halloween so We'll take a trip down to Florida to see that for sure. I'll do some light painting yeah. out there. Road, That'll be awesome. Road trip. Road, road trip. trip. <laughs> do you have well, something here to share, Mark? Yeah, I just wanted to share the. Uh, I've got. Uh, oh. oh this here, so the the Christmas decoration. So obviously the. Um, yep. Now this 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 first image here, Mark, is this the? I'm assuming this is the sheet of uh, MDF that you cut it all from. Yeah, so I've I planned out and I did all that in Illustrator. So figured out you know what I could fit on one sheet of eight by you know four by eight sheet of, of plywood. Actually, I think that's what I did it on plywood. That's why I got to redo it this year because I it with the the Florida heat. Um, it's not so much that the rain doesn't actually affect it because I coated it really well, but the the heat actually delaminates it from the inside and then it starts oh, okay. popping out from the inside. So the outside looks great, but the inside is just trash. So it's falling. It's literally splitting apart because of the heat and the humidity um, here. So, so yeah, I planned it out. So trying to be as, as efficient as possible. 
um, then just drew it out um, onto sheet of plywood, just started cutting. This was all, most of it was done um, with a, just a, um, a jigsaw and then some of the more intricate, like the, some of the bones and stuff I did on a scroll saw. Um, and then uh, figured out a, a system where he's got, there's a, a rod, that, like a, a square, um, uh, it's a rod, but it, it's square tubing that runs the entire length of it um, that attaches to him, to the sled and then runs all the way through. And then each of the reindeer attached to that, it's painted black, so you don't really see it at night. Um, and they're all completely um, posable. So all of their limbs can be posed in any possible wow. configuration. So um of the, the the skeleton reindeer and stuff and then then it's suspended by two wires from this is my old house um but um so it's suspended from wires from the tree so when the wind blows it actually moves sways back and forth so it actually looks like it's moving in the in the wind so awesome um, but thankfully our new house has a has a similar tree over the top of it so i was able to keep that tradition going that was a prerequisite when we buy yes, a new house we have to have a tree over the roof so i can hang my exactly. jack yeah. skellington <laughs> you know and, and, and you know you have to have the spanish moss too because it's florida uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> of course beautiful and then there was the other one here i think i've got it here yeah the uh the grinch yeah then the grinch is motorized so this is the first part here is just um you know proof of concept so i just slowly scaled him up so i did a very small one uh, made sure all the mechanisms would work and then slowly kept scaling him up. I think I did three revisions till I got him to, to full size and he, he's pretty big. I mean, he's tall and then he's holding Mac and he's got Max and he's pulling him down and uh, it plays. Yeah. So as he lets him go, the sleigh tilts back and as oh, he pulls so him cool. down, he goes eye to eye with uh, Max. That's awesome. That's awesome. So as, as I said at, at the onset of the show, I said, you're, you're, you're not a photographer, you're a creator. You're so much more than that. There's, there's so much that comes out of the mind of Rodriguez that, uh, that uh, we all just, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a long time and I've, I've wanted to have it on the show. So, you know, again, thank you so much Chris, for, yeah, he's my, my wife. My wife is, you know, <laughs> we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Um, so yeah, so we're 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 coming up on the uh, I think we're coming up on I think we're at forty five minutes or so. So we want to want to start sort of wrapping it up. We like to keep it about an hour so we we can keep the uh, keep it interesting, uh, keep our keep our parties interested. Uh, we've got three questions uh, for you, um, okay. and the first one was and I'm, I, I I again I was uh, I was a bad host and I didn't read your notes, um, but uh, whoa we we like to have whoa, uh, whoa. Mark whoa what not reading the notes what is i know i know well i was doing a workout i was actually trying Come to work on. my was gonna get ripped here i the doctor wasn't happy when i spoke to him so i gotta i gotta exercise more watch what i eat and exercise more um so that's what i was doing before the show well i did read the notes uh, okay. so i know the answer to this question so so the first question is uh we always we always uh, ask our viewer our uh, viewers our guests to give a challenge to our our listeners and our viewers um so mark have you uh, have you got a challenge for our audience i do i i would challenge you to to do self-portraiture and give it a try no matter what you think of it um at least give it a try even if you never you know the, the photos never see the light of day you don't have to post them you know to social media just 
because that to me what self-portraiture is it really is about doing something for yourself um and while i were on that mm. subject i i'll kind of expound on that because self-portraiture for me really solidified actually when my mother passed away um back in 2011 and um i was planning on doing a, uh, there was, there was a selfie Sunday coming up that week. The, and so I was planning on doing sort of a swanky devil. I was, that was going to be my costume with a martini and everything. And the week leading up to that, that Sunday, um, my mother had a stroke and was in the hospital and it looked like she was going to pull out of it and everything was looking good. And then she had a relapse and uh, passed away. And my mother and my father both were, they were everything to me. I mean, they, they were always supportive of my art. They were two of the just most genuine kindest people you could ever meet. And um, when I came home from the hospital that morning, um, I decided to still go through with, doing a self-portrait because that's the one thing that they did teach me if anything is how to kind of persevere in you know through bad times good times bad times they always push through they they always found a way to to make things work and so i kind of still did it as a tribute to my, my my father passed away in um in 99 and so sort of a tribute to both of them and so instead of doing what i had originally initially planned to do for the shot where i was a, you know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek swanky devil i was still a devil because i that was my initial intention but instead of that i am sitting in a chair that was in my house growing up as a kid and i'm holding in my hand a picture that my mother gave myself and all my brothers and sisters gave each of us when my father passed away of them, of my mother and father. Uh, I'm wearing the, the red sport coat I'm wearing is, was my father's the tie was my father's. So there's, it's draped in symbolism. And I just, I sat there that whole afternoon, just out there by myself. And you know, I, I cried, I laughed. I just, I just went through a whole range of emotions through the whole shoot. And the, the picture that finally kind of, I, I agreed to myself, that was the one, um, was when I was kind of breaking down actually and, and crying and I had my head in my hands. And the, the feeling is, you know, my, my parents were these amazing people and the devil was sad because it's two souls that he would never have. So, um, and that out of that kind of, it, it really showed me how cathartic that self-portraiture could be and, and how much meaning it had to me. And it really was the day that I said, this is what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to continue to do self-portraiture sort of in their honor, so to speak, and have pursued it. And it, it, it kind of eventually ebbed into my even my brand like that's why i'm the devil in my in my dad's sport jacket and, and tie so that's that it's even carried on into that and why the whole devil persona like most people don't even realize what it is and they think oh 
you're you're evil and whatnot, but it couldn't be any completely different that thing that it actually is is not evil. It actually is a very positive image if you really know the story behind it and um and why I you know why my brand is you know a devil and it it works in with the you know the my my nickname of Godriguez, which came about as a a joke in a post one day. There was someone someone posted something a friend of mine and um I jokingly said I'm not a god but I play one in Photoshop. You may call me Godriguez. So it was just it was just a tongue in cheek comment that stuck and then it just people started calling me Godriguez, applying it to my images and stuff. So so out of that's why I, I am so passionate about self-portraiture and any self-portrait artist I meet, I immediately embrace and and want to know more about them because self-portraiture is that personal to me. And that's why I say everybody at least give it a try because you 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 just don't know um, how just healing it could actually be if, if you need it. So interesting, you know, the way you said that um doing something for yourself, self-portraiture is doing something for yourself. Uh, my whole hashtag, my whole motto in life is I shoot for me. I don't charge for my work. I don't, I don't do things, photography or, or work related for other people. I do them that make me happy. Um, so you really have that same philosophy, but you're able to still capitalize on it and monetize it properly. Oh, and yeah. and I, I respect that. I, that's something I think I should, I should learn the balance of, you know, like, uh, I don't make a penny from my photography. I make it from day tripper photo and teaching other people to be better mm -hmm. photographers. Uh, but I don't see that as a, as something I would do. So that's been inspirational for me talking to you to, you know, take that uh, same moral um, happiness and, you know, try and actually make a living from it because absolutely it never hurts yeah. to have a little more <laughs> That's exactly, <for> sure. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, it is something that as an artist i it took me quite a while to to kind of grasp that idea and even uh even to this day it's the fact that people pay me to do something that i enjoy doing um but in reality you can't do it for free. I mean, you, you really can't. So, um, but I am able to do something that I do love doing for free, uh, not for free, <laughs> for, for profit. <laughs> for profit. <laughs> um, but it, and it, it did, it, it did take a while. I'm not gonna lie to, to get to that mindset that, yeah, you, you should be compensated for the things you do. And if, especially if people enjoy it, I mean, there's, there's, you should not feel guilt as an artist for wanting to make a living doing what you're doing. I mean, there's, there should be no guilt in it. There should be no shame in it. Um, and it did take me a while to kind of lose and shed that um, mindset. It, hmm. it really did. So, um, yeah. but now, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with it and not saying, Oh, I'll just throw it. You know, it, you know, it's, it's my living. I mean, this is how I'm able to pay, you know, for the things that I do to then make more of it, yeah. you know, make more yeah. images and make more art. So it's, yeah. it's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love, I love the challenge. I love the sort of self-portraiture. And I, I think it was probably some of your self-portraiture when I joined Google plus and then, and then the, the scavenger hunts, 
um, that's got me out of my comfort zone because I was never, uh, that's why I was a photographer because I was always taking the pictures of the party and taking a picture of the event. I was never in any of the pictures. Uh, but that was by design because like, I'm, I'm usually the largest thing in the room. So, um, I didn't, I didn't like to be in front of the camera. I want to be behind the camera. Um, so what, one of my first images was like way out of my comfort zone where I was wearing, I think one of my wife's t-shirts. So it's like, if you could picture this like skin tight and it was like, <laughs> I, I'm hanging out of it and I'm like leaning over. So the rolls are all there. And, uh, it was, it's probably one of the fa my favorite images I ever made, but it got me right out of my comfort zone. And now it's about, you know, kind of being silly and having some fun with it. So I, I think if, if you're going to pick a reason to do self-portraiture, it's to get yourself out of that comfort zone and really learn to love yourself. Right. Because yeah. that's for me, I, I went through a lot of years being a bigger guy of not really being comfortable in my own skin. And now I'm just to a point where, you know, Hey, I am who I am and you can take me as I am or you can leave me. I don't care. You yeah. know, and, and that's what I like. So. Perfect. And then also on the, the note where you said the fact that you get uh, paid to do this and for the, the, the self-portraiture and everything, there's a quote that I, I saw and it was a, a, from a creator. And because people say, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's just a, it's a photograph. Why does it cost so much? And it's because it's not just a photograph, it's a creation. And especially on your part. So their quote was, it costs this much because it takes me fucking hours. Right, <laughs> and, and it really does because you're, yeah. you're not paying for a single pain you're right. paying for uh the creation and the creative time and the, and the props and to your point four five hundred images yeah. and and sifting through those so there's all that time and then the processing time well forget uh, about the time it know. takes to learn how to edit and, and, and like that, yeah. hey, i've been shooting since yeah. i don't know since 2008 i guess and yeah. i don't know half the stuff that i should know on photoshop because it takes forever to learn it, it. does it does you gotta, you gotta put the time in. and 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 that's yeah. you know and i i've had people because i do logo design and stuff like that and and someone will come to me and they'll say, you know, how much you charge for logo? And I give them the price and then either it's crickets and I never hear from them again, or yeah. they'll maybe say, uh, no, thank you. And then they'll go to something like Fiverr or one of those sites. Yeah. And then they come back and pay me what I originally told them because there you, you're, you, sometimes you just, you do have to pay, you're paying for the knowledge you're paying for the, the time it took that person to learn to, to do it quickly. That's the other thing. If I do something like a logo design and I knock it out in a couple hours and they're like, well, why is it this much? Cause it took me this many years to get where it only took me a couple hours to, to do. Totally. I, I took what you said, what you wanted from your logo to be your logo, interpreted all that information and visualized it into this. It's by me spending years learning how to visualize it to be able to do it. And that's why it still costs what it costs. I mean, it, it, it it's how it is. Yep, totally. it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. So moving right along, and these are the two questions that you didn't know. Um, so the first one is we've, we've heard a lot about your tools and, and, and what you shoot with. Um, but what, what is, uh, the question and often in photography circles is what's in your bag. So we talk about the gear, what's in your bag, but for you to be a creator and a creative, what tool is it that you use every day, um, that allows you to be creative and to, and to, uh, make these, yeah, whether, whether it be, a 
um, a sculpture or uh, something that with the X carve or or a drawing or an animation. What tool is it that you use every day? This one. <laughs> In your mind. <laughs> Perfect. That's what Mark said. Yeah. Yep. That's. I mean. Perfect. There. I love every different process or different you know different genre that I create equally for different reasons. So that to try and say you know pick one as, as far as you know it goes in that um i just there i it's like picking a favorite child yeah <laughs> it's like, no, i love them all equally my mother yeah. doesn't say that though my mother really takes one yeah, neither, neither does mine my yeah. my mom has a clear favorite right now and it's certainly not me i'm the youngest of seven so i got some competition too <laughs> wow enough. perfect all right so the tool is the mind love it uh, and then the last question uh, for the run is, uh, what's your jam? What song gets you up and going that, you know, kicks you in the butt when you're down and, and gets you creating? What song is that? Uh, there, are, there are a couple of my, my go-tos. Um, the, the movie, The Lost Highway, the soundtrack from that movie, I can put it on and I know I'm going to get shit done. It just, I, uh, it, it the soundtrack just goes through this range of emotions, but it starts off just banging. And it just, I know I'm going to get shit done if I put that on. Um, another one, if I'm, if I'm working on something that's a little more that I just kind of want to just sort of melt into um, the band of perfect circle, 13th step, that oh. album again, start to finish, just like, ah, this is going to be great. Like I, I just, I know I'm going to just get involved with whatever I'm working on. If I put that on, um, those are my two main go-to ones. Otherwise just depends on the mood. I'll set up a, a, a create a station on Google play or Google music, whatever it's called now, I don't know. or no YouTube. Now it's YouTube music. Yeah. Um, YouTube music. I'll, I'll start a station based off of what song I'm in the mood for. And then it'll, you know, let it do whatever it's going to do afterwards. So, um, it, I, a lot of times I'll listen depending on what I listen to, depending on the mood of the shot. So if it's something dark and kind of brooding, then, you know, I might throw on some old like Slayer or Merciful Fate, something old. If it's something a little happier, you know, I might go new wave or you know, something different because my, my musical tastes are just all over the board. I mean, I just, I just everything. I mean, I, I, there's really no genre of music. I don't like so um just depends on any given night you could come in here my studio and just be like really <laughs> really <laughs> you listen to that yeah so um yeah. i mean there'll be you know some some kind of uh rockabilly playing or there could be some just complete death metal going or some you know old school exotica or something i mean cool. just just fits Very the mood cool. Yeah. <laughs> um awesome. perfect circle um obviously you probably are familiar with tool oh yeah um when i again that photo with the spirits the first thing i thought was numa i don't know if you know the story behind the song numa from their latest album fear inoculum um it's about the spirit uh, everybody's life source is our spirit is our numa mm -hmm. and i it really that photo kind of made me think that you were listening to that song mm -hmm. and thinking about how you know, everybody's born from one breath, one word, uh, and that's just one spirit that we're all born from the same thing. Um, the I just thought that was a really interesting uh, song to go with that photo. 
but also lateralis i think is something that i don't know if you know much about it's all done by the fibonacci sequence it's all math the entire song is math um which is something i think no knowing you a little bit better that you might be interested in yeah so I'll have to revisit that one. Yeah, <laughs> check out um, check out the video how lateralis is is based on math, and it's just come on. I mean, everybody thinks Tool and these guys are great, but then you see this and it's just like yeah, another level. Yeah, they're touring. They're touring I right know they're, they're not they're not coming <laughs> to Canada though. So not, well, nobody's no. coming to Canada yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You have to go to Buffalo or something to see them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Minnesota's not that far. It's only uh, 60 kilometers for me. So there you go. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Any more questions, Brian, at all? Or I just, I can't thank you enough for stepping in and being on our show. I've, like I say, I've wanted to talk with you for a really long time. Uh, you don't know me from Adam, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's watching your work and seeing the work that you've done. It's inspirational to me because I like photos that smack you in the face. And, you know, you do have that presence to your art. And I love that. So thank you. Thank you very much for being here and taking the time to have a chat with us tonight. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Mark, on, on short notice. It's awesome. And uh, thank you for the inspiration over the years. And uh, and uh, you may not remember them, but I certainly do. Thank you for the kind uh, words on my images when I've posted them. So it uh, means the world to me. It means the world to me. I love your, especially some of your multiplicities have been a lot of fun. So yeah. <laughs> I definitely yeah. enjoyed them. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. I, I think my my favorite one was the uh, the popcorn image I did uh, for that one scavenger hunt where oh, I, yeah. I buried the young fella in, in popcorn. So <laughs> we we may be able to get him as a guest soon. He's a stuntman uh, for movies and things yes. like oh, that. Oh, really? He's, he's super busy right now. So uh but uh, we might be able to get him get him on here as a guest. I might have him. We might be able to get him as a live guest. He's actually coming to Thunder Bay for work. I heard so. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah. Might be able to sneak him in here. So, all right, excellent. Uh, so, anyways, thank you very much, everyone, uh, for listening and for watching. Um, if you like what you see, please subscribe to our channel. Um, go to uh, YouTube, subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel, or like us on Facebook, and. Uh, have a great week, everyone. And for uh, for Brian Weiss and uh, Aurora and Ryan, who couldn't be with us this week, uh, have a wonderful week, and we'll see everyone uh, next time. Take care now. Bye. Take care. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh.